Welcome back to another episode of Being an Artist is Fucking Killing, killing me. me. I'm Rainy. I'm Corinne. And thank you all for tuning in. Uh, I'm going to tell you about this event one more time because I said it a week too early. On uh, Wednesday, which is tomorrow, the AGO is hosting a live performance and a free event for the 100 years of Merce Cunningham, 6.30 to 7.30. And then this week we have a uh, visual artist and muralist, Ray Masuri. Yeah. And he comes on and chats to us about you know, his experiences and yeah. what he does now. He is a very interesting person. Mm-hmm. And he gives tons of great advice to like up and coming artists. And he does a really good job talking and influencing and, you know, encouraging yeah. people who are, or might be stuck and might just need a little bit more help. Great. Here we go. What's going on, everybody? My name is Ray Misiri. I'm a visual artist, mural artist, creative, all of the above. Much love. I'm like really interested in the traveling that you do and how mm-hmm. you've presented your work in so many different areas. Right. Um, yeah. Okay. So that's like, how do you, yeah. yeah. How are you like, so, how do you like fund trips to like go present your art? Right. Is it like mostly self-funded for you to make it there or do you, how do you do that? Like mainly it's clients. Mostly yeah, like they, they cover it, you know? Yeah. And then when I, uh, like three quarters of clients and then the ones that I do myself, like I make sure I, when I, wherever I go, I like, I make it a bizcation. So like mm-hmm. I go in and like I, I line up as many meetings as possible. Mm-hmm. And most of the time I also um, like auto, when I'm partying hard, you know, I also autopilot like market myself. Okay. So I'll go to like the bartender and I'll just like, Smooth talk them and show them my stuff, and yeah. sometimes something happens, you know. Right. So. <laughs> are you? How do you feel like? Because I know, like, I've talked to actually quite a few artists and people that are like trying to start businesses or startups or whatever. Yeah. And because like so much of business is around like how you, it's like cocktail hour and like mm-hmm. drinking, and a lot of people have trouble have troubles with like being kind of wasted yeah. and trying to like talk about themselves without right. like literally being like right next to you be like look at my phone look at my thing that I'm yeah, doing yeah, yeah. so like <laughs> how do you how do you like make yourself seem still like like an open and like casually slip in the fact that you have this idea or that you're market your stuff but without being like in their face in like a social setting I I, I kind of just I know when I lose my spatial awareness and I'm like I shouldn't <laughs> be around you know? yeah so yeah like I I um <clears throat> I if I'm if I'm going that hard, you know, I'm like, all right, you know, it's it's time to just chill. But like most of the time, I'm I'm pretty like like I'm pretty aware, you know. And like usually, if I'm in environments where everybody's, if I'm like that, I'm pretty sure a lot of people around me are like that. Yeah. So and also, I hate being the car salesman. That's like, hey, yeah. hey, like, do you want to buy a car? Or like, right. Or like the the converter. That's like, like trying to convert people into a certain thing. What I do is I. Um, I call it like measuring people's pulses. So I'll go around and I'll, I'll show it. Like I'll talk to somebody, you know, and I'll feel their vibe first. You know, if I if I don't if I don't see a bond mm-hmm. to make them as a friend, then I I know that it's not gonna go anywhere. Mm-hmm. So because I'm, I'm mainly I'm looking for relationships because mm-hmm. those relationships then can convert into like you know like either good friendships or clients or whatever. Like I'm always looking for a good relationship with people, right? Mm-hmm. So anyways, usually what I do is I'll talk to somebody, I express my interest in them, you know, and then and then usually they ask themselves, they're like, so what do you do, you know? And then I'll be like, well, I make art and then I just pull out my phone and I show them like a video of like, 
usually it's um, this mural I did at a cannabis shop, which is like a, a massive store that's like 5,500 square feet that wow. I painted in like 20 days. Wow. And it's fully covered. It's like extremely intricate, right? Is it here? Uh, it's in Edmonton, in Alberta. Uh, oh, cool. It's for this company called The Bud King. So, um, like, I'm doing all their stores. And uh, anyways, when they see that, like, it automatically sells itself if, if, if the person likes it. You know, they're like, whoa, this is sick. And then, like, my phone gets passed around to, like, all the bartenders. Like, they're just like, yo, check what this guy does, you know? And then, like, if they're, if they're like, really impressed by it, they'll, they'll call the manager, like, by themselves, you know? They'll be like, yo, the manager needs to see this. Like, this place needs that mural, you know? Yeah. So it automatically, like, just, like... Snowballs. Yeah, yeah. snowballs, you know? Yeah. Was, so, was there ever a point where you felt like you had to be a car salesman, though? Like, no. when you were in your baby stages? <clears throat> I try to, but it's not my thing. I'm not... It's uh, a bit inorganic. Hey, it's, it's like a bit yeah. weird. The reason why is because uh, that that car salesman vibe used to work 60 years ago in the like whatever industrial age or whatever it was back then, <laughs> but it doesn't work now because now we're selling relationships. Like you know, like totally. Ford. Like if you look at Ford's car car ads back in like 50 years ago, they're just selling the car itself. You know, the car f- suited for this lifestyle. Now. Ford wants to build a relationship, so they're like, if you want this, like, if you buy a car from us, you, anytime you come by our shop, it's free car wash. Um, I don't know. Even, you know like, I mean? the idea of, like, having your family, it's all the commercials are, like, you're protecting your family in the vehicle, right? Yeah. Like, go, like, pulling on the strings of, like, the dad that's buying exactly, the car. Yeah. yeah. And it's, like, free oil change, and, you know, like, they, they want to keep you as a friend, you know? So that's kind of the approach today, you know? Because all that other stuff, all that fake ways of selling have been done, and people's standards are, like, people now know when somebody's fake, you right. know? So now it's like really about relationships, which is actually really dope because I don't have to be a car salesman anymore. Right. Mm-hmm. You know? No, I think I agree with that. It is like, I feel like a lot of getting work now is just like vibing and like vibing with the right people. I mean, obviously there are still those auditions where it's like, or like things where you get because like you applied or it's something. applied. But I think, yeah, when it's networking, it's very much like how the person vibes with you because even if you're not like the most amazing like best at what you're doing mm-hmm. you, they still like like you and know you as like this thing right mm-hmm. so it is it probably is mostly vibing right <laughs> and, and for, for the both of you like you're both performers right yeah. yes so we're like like we're both in, in the show business you know like we're, we're both in the like uh, enter, I, I hate the word entertainment because it feels like we're like objects you know totally but yeah. like we're both in the in this relationship business. Like you're doing it on stage with people, you know, and mm-hmm. and you, like you can't if you were to force your performance, yeah. like it it wouldn't come by come through genuinely to your audience, right? Right. Mm-hmm. So um, it's the same thing. Like you know, we're we're like <laughs> we're both like on the same kind of like doing a show for people at all times, you know. Right. But a show that we like, not like forced, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, sometimes I do feel the need that I have to like force the, like so like force, like put it on. Though sometimes even like when you meet people for the first time, if you like if you meet somebody that like has like a name behind them or has is someone that you like really want to work with, mm. do you feel like you're still? I still feel like I'm putting on a show sometimes because you're trying to like impress them. Right. Yeah, I've I used to have that. Um, I don't I don't have it anymore because I realize that everything boils down to emotion like and people decide based on emotion so instead of me 
kind of trying to impress him, you know, like in some some ways, like trying to like make my image synthetic to adjust to something I think that they want. Mm-hmm. Like I, I just, what I do, I think about what I can give them, you know, uh, what I, I value can add to them. And something that, 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 that that's worked is that I don't ask for anything. Because usually people like say like, they'll meet like, a famous producer and they'd be like, yo, yo, check my mixtape, put yeah. me on, you know? Right. Like, they I do, immediately want you to do work for them. They want, so, right. you want something, yeah. right? But yeah. what I do is I, I do the opposite. I say, look, like, you know, if you're, oh, you're visiting Toronto, like, how many, if you're here, for, they're like, oh, I'm here for three days, right? I'll be like, listen, like, if whenever you're free and you need, like, you need to, like, check out some restaurants or anything, I, I got you, like, mm-hmm. you know, so uh, anytime you need help with anything around here, like, whatever you're looking for, just let me know, you know, mm-hmm. and I don't ask for anything, I just leave it at that, you know, right. and then if they're appreciative of that, mm-hmm. I know that I can continue to, uh, like, continue a conversation right. or relationship, yeah. if they're just like, ha, ah, whatever, you know, like, then I just, I don't want to work with them anyways, because they're not the right people, you know. Like, you can't make good deals with bad people, so... Oh, yeah. Some people are really good, like, con artists. <laughs> yeah. You know, and some people, like, they, they've gained a certain level of fame, but they got it so fast that they, um, they're very disconnected. Right. You know? And, like, um, I don't really, like, uh, I don't really see myself working with, with those kind of people, you know? So, yeah, I, I think... Um, yeah, it's still, like, always relationship-based, you know? Mm-hmm. Seeing eye-to-eye with people and, you know? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Does that cause you to, like, drop your price, though, because it's, like, a relationship? Uh, not really, because, like, I, I, <laughs> I kind of I see money as a thank you note, you know? So it's, like, uh-huh. if, you, if I give you something, I, I want, like, this is how much I want to be thanked, you know, for it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so yeah. you don't, you, like, as soon as it comes to money, you just, like, drop the relationship. You're just, like... Oh, no, no. Like, if you don't believe that I deserve, like, bread and butter, Mm -hmm. like, then that's not a good relationship. Because you're telling me I want your stuff, but you don't... Yeah, but you don't... The value is different. They value the relationship differently than you value it, maybe. Yeah, Mm -hmm. you know? Yeah. And it's like, like, we're, we're adults now. We have professional jobs, you know? And it's like, I deserve to live like an average adult. I deserve to live in a condo. I deserve to have a, um, I deserve to have a studio. I deserve to have assistance. I deserve to have a PR team behind me. Right. So, and all these, all these things need money, you know? So it's like, I'm, I'm giving this service to you and, and I'm supporting you with art and you're supporting me with me, letting me continue do, to do that, mm-hmm. you know? Right. So it's about understanding what you deserve. And, and I, I say that people that are, have good relationships and real friends, yeah. they know your value and they will offer money, you know? Totally. Yeah, I think people that aren't trying to cheap out on something and, like, are really trying to do something for, like, a good reason or, like, have a good idea behind it usually will put the money for you. Like, will, like, are willing to pay you as me- or as much as they can, you know? Right. As much as they're able to. Have you, even when I negotiate, which was really hard for me, like... I was actually an introvert, you know, I, I like forced myself to become an extrovert because of my job. Um, and I was very like uh, into myself. I was very scared to like put a value, mm-hmm. you know. Um, a- anyways, negotiation was like a very, it's a very sensitive subject, you mm-hmm. know, because your, your ego can get in the way easily and you can take things personally and the other person can too. So that part right there is where I also 
that's why I help them on educate them on why, you know, like right. where, where I'm coming from, you know. And um, usually I ask them, like, because sometimes I work with uh, a client who's the middle person, like, between this big corporation, right? Like, they're right. an event organizer or something, right? So instead of just, like, playing tug war with the number, like, no, no, I want this much. No, I tell them, what, what's up? Like, what do you... Um, uh, what position are you in, you know, and usually they'll just open up and be like, listen, like my client doesn't want me to spend too much money because I don't want to turn them off for myself. Right. Mm. So then I team up with them to educate the client that look like, you know, this is this is how much these costs this is how much the value is mm-hmm. because of X, Y, Z. Yeah. And and then like I'm working with them instead of playing tug war with them, you know. Also, because then you're yeah you're educating them and you're giving them like malleable information to give back to the client about right. why it's a number, not just like here's the fucking number. Yeah. Right? Like yeah. It's, like it needs to. There needs to be a re, like there needs to be a reason behind everything. You yeah. Know? Totally. So. How long like, did it, sorry? No, you. How long did it take you to like figure that out though? Like, how long has that internal struggle been? Like, I don't know what to ask <laughs> All for. my life, damn it. <laughs> yeah. Well, because here's the thing. As creatives, um, like, do, uh, were you raised being supported as, as, uh, as dancers? I, I was, yeah. You was? That's yeah. amazing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. You as well? Yes. Oh. Like my parents paid for my schooling and stuff like that. Amazing. Yeah. Amazing. Yeah. But you didn't. Yeah. But you sit like you talk about sometimes that like your family doesn't like support you as much now, right? I wonder who's listening if I say this. Well, you just said it's like different that relationship, right? Right. Yeah. Uh, my family. I don't come from a family of artists. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I don't live anywhere near my family, so okay. sometimes the relationship is hard because. Every time I talk about what I'm doing, there's, like, so many questions that make me backpedal. Mm-hmm. That I'm like, cool, I said this to you last time. Right. You still don't... Like, I'm still doing the same thing I was doing three years ago. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Does right. Does that make sense? So, do, do you feel like they... Is it, is it the whole thing that they, they don't fully see eye to eye with what's... They're not familiar with your field. Is that yes, it? Yes. They're not okay. familiar with my field. 100%. Okay. Not that they're not supportive. Because mm-hmm. my mom will come out here any chance she gets. Sorry, yeah, okay. I guess that was yes. like a bad use of words on my part. That's okay. Yeah, um, yes, they're supportive from afar, okay. but they're not dancers. Never have been in that field. Not even not from a family of artists, really. So they didn't. It's also hard to say that they don't get it because they'll listen to me talk about it forever. Mm-hmm. You know. Mm-hmm. Right. No, that's that's true. Well, basically, yeah. Like, and um, sorry. I guess my question was. Were they uh, men- also, like, mentally supportive? Like, do they, I guess, do they have a fear of, of, of um, like, um, both of you uh, ever pursuing dance? Like, did they have a fear about it? Or, or was it, um, they're just like, awesome, go for it, you know? Yeah. Well, my experience is very different mm-hmm. because my mother's a dancer. Okay. So my mother and my mom's a dance studio, so she was like living. This is like her biggest dream come true is, that, I, is that one of her children <laughs> became dancers. Congrats. So I'm very lucky for that. That's amazing. But I mean, I'm sure Corinne's experience is very different. You know? um, yeah, it was like one set of parents were like, sure, yep, whatever you want to do. Mm-hmm. Maybe you should minor in something else. Right. But I think that's like a, that was a fear thing for them, right? They like want you to be successful. They want you to, what they value, think is success, successful is like being able to take care of yourself, being able to pay your debts, being able to pay your rent, like being happy. And they think that there's like money attached to that. Right. It's like very old school. Mm-hmm. Um, and then like one half of my parent 
or one half of my family is like, was very much like, oh, but you also got into business school. Are you sure you don't want to do that? Mm-hmm. You know? Or like dance is always like a side hustle. Right. Constantly. Right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I hear that. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What are you? You from artists uh, or? So my, my, I, I am like the only artist in, in my family. I have some uh, uh, like distant cousins who are, are into music. Uh, but um, yeah, basically that, that was my, my, my biggest challenge was, okay, first of all, my parents really supported me, you know, like, uh, even though they don't see eye to eye with, with me pursuing it, you know, and they, um, cause we're, we're immigrants. We're from, uh, Albania, which is a, which is a country that, uh, unfortunately does not have the opportunities that are here for artists, you know? So when, when you say, when you say you're, you're going into arts in that country, like everybody knows you're not going to make money, mm, you know? Right. And Although they're open-minded, that some of that baggage is still, you know. Of course. Right? So, um, plus that it's a very unfamiliar field. So, it's like they're just watching me dive into this deep, dark ocean, you right. know? Yeah. And they're like, what's in there? Why, <laughs> Why are you doing yeah. this, yeah. you know? Yeah. Why don't you choose a safer way like teaching kids or something where it's like more, like it's more tangible. predictable? Yeah. Yeah. So, anyways, um, I, as a kid... Well, I was naturally creative, so uh, and less into like math and science and all these other things. So I was conditioned to believe that like art is not as important because they're like get good grades in math and because art is one subject versus like nine subjects of you know math, science, English, right. grammar, whatever, right? So for the longest time, I thought that my talent was not valuable. You know, it was just something that. I was I was good at, but it's like the one thing I'm good at. I'm not like it's not valued. So it's like a hobby. Exactly. Yeah. And then I just didn't feel valued in general, you know, for a very long time. So it was very hard to me for me to put a number to my art because I didn't value myself. Right. You know, I didn't I I didn't find myself valuable. You know. Mm-hmm. So it took me a while. It's like a lot of um, I guess going inside and. and peeling off these like uh layers like these subconscious layers that that stop you from like right putting the value that you need you know and it really helped to like for me to hang out with people that were actually well valued i'm like okay so this is possible this is doable you know right and being around people that are very business focused you know and i'm like okay well like i need to put this value up or i'm gonna starve you know so right that's a, it was actually more of a mental process mm-hmm. than uh, and for me to put the value, you know, where, where it is. And, yeah. In your line of work, too, do you negotiate price before or after? Before, because then if I give it to them after, they freak out, you know? Because <laughs> art, like, some people don't know it's expensive because they just look at it as paint, yeah. you know? But it's like there's a lot of hours of work. Yeah. Um, one artist is one of one in the world. Like, it's not like making windows. Like, there's, like... Yeah. It just in Toronto alone, there's like 2,000 window-making companies, you know? <laughs> like, never mind the world, you know? But it's like you're hiring one artist that is the only one in the world right. that can do that, you know? So, um, yeah, I always say it before. And sometimes, maybe, I'll be like, look, it could range from this to this because I've never done it before. But that's very rare for me for me to say that, you know? I, I'll stick to my number even if... Um, like I usually, like even if I accidentally misnumbered it, you know, uh, like I just want to be of my word. Time? 
yeah, I might have spent more time, might have had a challenge. Like, I just, I want to be of my word to my clients. And I don't want them to be like, man, this guy's full of surprises, you know, like. Totally. Yeah. yeah. So, and then next time I'll be like, look, like, you know, this, this time, like, it was significantly more work. I was wondering if we can renew, like, our, our pricing for the next time, mm-hmm. right? you know? So. I have, like, a weird theory that a lot of people undervalue themselves because they're worried about the amount of effort and the outcome if they overvalue themselves. So, like, if you say, like, I'm worth this much, mm-hmm. and then that they do it, then they have to, like, A, they have to put in that much effort. So, like, the laziness aspect. Mm-hmm. But then also you have to put in, like, you stress about, like, if you can't if you are worth that much you know like you have like there's more in the process yeah like there's more because you're worth a bit more the eyes need to be like you need to be better than everyone else right right so you mean like they they don't think they're up to par with the number that they They, they've given or that like they'll like they won't ask for more they Mm -hmm. like undervalue themselves because they don't want to have to like they don't think they're worth that much they don't want to like meet that number you know that is the expectation is higher right Mm -hmm. their outcome from themselves or from clients from the clients too like nobody wants to have like a client go back and be like this isn't fucking worth my money yeah you know like that's like bullet wound yeah you know vinegar on cuts (laughs) but (laughs) (laughs) um Do you like that body roll with yeah. it? Yeah, I think that's why is that people just don't want to be like stung. Right, right. With that like. Yeah, no, I, I, and I, uh, I definitely feel that, I, that that's like the most common thing that I, I hear from other, other people that ask about the pricing. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing is you need to create like if your price is something, that's your table. Your table needs to have as many legs as possible for that price to not move, you know? So it's like if you want like a high price, you need high amount of customer service, high amount of presentation, like your, your website, right. all your stuff, high amount like of reliability. Mm-hmm. If you have all these things, you will proudly put that price there because you're like, I have this stuff. I am like, like, how do I say it? Like, are you a hot dog stand or are you Copacabana? You know, <laughs> like a hot dog stand, you don't know what you get. Like, you know, like they leave the water in the sun in the summer, you know, in that right. like cooler that's like with melted ice. You yeah. know what I mean? Like, you don't know what you get. But Copacabana, you know, because you're paying $80. Like, that meat better And there's be... a samba dancer there. <laughs> yeah, you know what I'm your saying? fucking meat. Yeah. yeah. So, yeah, and that's another thing. I always compare myself to companies. And I'm like, oh, look at this service. Look how good it is. Wow, this store smells good. I should be smelling like this store. You know, like. <laughs> yeah. Like, cause it's all an experience, right? Yeah. So it's like, of course, you're going to be scared to price yourself higher. If you, if you don't have, you're not giving yourself the reason, you know? Right. So you got to build that. You got to build that reason. Right. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and also like building the quality of clients, you know, and that's like a hard thing because especially for us, we're in, we're in, we're in a luxury, you know, like nobody really needs art like to survive. But they, uh, let me rephrase that. Um, I didn't even look at Corinne and I saw her react. Yeah, let me rephrase that. Manifestation. So it's like people need food, water, shelter, right? That's like their first priority. Yeah. And art and all these things which we need for our soul, these are like luxuries, the luxuries of life. That's how I see it, you know? So I feel that like naturally like, it should be it should be pricey why should it be cheap you know 
And for that, for that, I mean, it should be prices so we can live like regular people or, or But better. But commercialism has made it seem like it's not like, uh, yeah. you know, yeah. like mass production mm -hmm. and like copying and like, I don't know, like being able to fucking see James Dean now on like a virtual movie. Have you heard right. about this bullshit? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. What? They're like read. They're bringing James Dean back to do a movie through like technology. It's like a whole fucking shit. Who owns his like rights to him? Right. I mean, who fucking knows? This is like a new thing that people are going to have to put in their contracts. <sighs> their contracts, but because in of their mass, wills when they die. Yeah, but because of mass production, people think like I can just go to fucking IKEA and get a picture that's this big and probably looks exactly like this. Why would I pay, you know, a thousand dollars for this painting? Right. It's fucking blaming on Walmart. That's true. You know? But yeah, but that's the other thing, right? So uh, that's what I was trying to get to is that um, to, to get to sell yourself with, with the authenticity and the price, you need to get into people that have that kind of money, you know? Mm -hmm. and, um, and that's like the, I feel that's one of the most important things is like to, to get into those circle of people, you know? Because the people that are going to buy Walmart art, they're, they're like, they can't afford like original art, you know? Mm -hmm. So that's not my target. Like, I'm not going to invest my energy into trying to educate somebody why they should take the whole, their whole month's paycheck to buy my $5,000 canvas, you know? Mm -hmm. Because it's impossible. So you need, you need somebody that has, like, a $10,000 paycheck, you know? <laughs> like, <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Yeah. Right. You need to be, like, dollar store art to somebody that's willing to buy Walmart price art. You know, like, yeah, exactly. Is that like a weird analogy? Yeah. No, but yeah, <laughs> unfortunately, we can't do that because we need to eat. Like, you know, yeah, right. Like a house, like a small house got sold for like 7.5 million the other day. I saw it in the news. I'm like, I can't, I can't like sell Walmart art. Like, how can I ever make that money? You know? Fuck. Yeah. <laughs> And we're talking a normal house, right? We're yeah. not, we're not like, I'm not looking for like a bridal path house, you know? <laughs> we're not going for those. So. I would like to like dive into the art as a luxury. Mm -hmm. I'm. I mean, I like get what you're saying. Yeah, I it's get not a basic. It. Like, it's not something you live. It's. I don't know. I get like art as a. If like you're going to buy original art, it costs money to go to the theater. It costs money to do go to the movies, and it costs money to do those things. So right. it can be considered a luxury because it's outside of your like your basic needs. Mm -hmm. But I, there's an interesting study mm -hmm. that I don't, I think this is related because I think art enhances environment. Right. We're happier people in a better environment. So there's mm -hmm. this like famous Canadian, ooh, maybe he's not Canadian, but he's a researcher. And they researched, he took rats and they put rats in this tiny little awful cage and they put water and like cocaine next to each other. The rats oh, in the yeah. awful cage that were miserable and unhappy and like only had their basic needs, but didn't have like an environment always went for the cocaine. They were like, yeah, they were like dousing themselves to like mm -hmm. escape the hell that they were in. And then they made like rat heaven with like a bunch of other rats and like good food and good shelter and like things to play with and like room to run around. And they never went or like very little went for the drugs. Like there was like very little escapism. Right. Was that because they're like less lonely? Yeah, it was like yeah. lonely or less lonely things to do, things that made them happy. So Nothing like cramped. Yeah. Yeah. So like this like environment and I think art is that environment. It mm -hmm. like adds to that environment, it adds to the human experience and being creative or getting to be creative is like integral. 
that is true to people that is true and you know that that's I, I, I read that study before, yeah. but I never compared it to art. And that's a very good, like, comparison, you know? Now, I'm going to use that for my next pitch, if, if that's cool. <laughs> Fine. <laughs> I'll be like, listen, you want to be a cocaine rat or a water rat? Like, <laughs> I'll give that one to you. <laughs> I'll give you a percentage every time I use it. Okay. Yeah. Give me a cut. Right. So it's like, and you can, I'm sure, like, or I'm not sure, but when I've been sad, when I've been depressed in my life I can attribute it to like my environment being bad Mm -hmm. like me being around people that aren't good for me um and then you're doing things that you really don't want to be doing or you're living somewhere you don't want to be living or Mm -hmm. you have a job that you don't want so you self-medicate with all these things right that is true yeah who said it uh Robin Williams he's like you know we um we have we we strive to be noble, right? Mm-hmm. Like noble and, and do noble things like law and science and and math and all these things. Mm-hmm. But art and poetry and dance, those are the things we actually live for, you know. And <clears throat> that's why, like, when I say it's a luxury, I don't just mean financially. Right. I mean like it's it's a spiritual luxury as well, you know, to understand that you you need it in your life, and. Uh, it's important to have it, you know? Yeah. Like, we, we naturally, as, as humans, as kids, like, you know, when, when a kid stands up, it starts dancing automatically. You give it a pen, it's not going to start writing. They're going to draw, you know? Mm-hmm. Like, if you give it, like, an object, it's going to bang it on the table and, like, use it as a drum and, yeah. you know? Like, so, like, we're naturally, ma- like, art is very important to our health in general, you know? And, um, but it, it's just that when you, uh, I feel... That when you, uh, if you want to pay somebody less for their time to give you this luxury, then it means you undervalue that medicine. Yes. You know? Yeah. Because you're actually, you're indirectly saving people's lives, you know, because you're, you're feeding their, their mind with good food, you know, like organic, uh, Whole food entertainment, shit. you know, <laughs> organic entertainment. Yeah. Cause if you want the GMO <laughs> stuff, you can go to Walmart and buy those like, uh, printed paintings, you know. Yeah. So, Mona Lisa. Yeah, <laughs> I got a Mona Lisa. Yeah, <laughs> never thought about that. Yeah, it kind of like reminds me of like, have you ever been like in like a museum or like at like a zoo and there's fucking people just taking constant pictures of pictures? Yeah, that like drives me bananas. Oh. Or like taking pictures and understand I like understand it now more for like Instagram and like taking like one shot or taking like a video mm-hmm. but have you ever been at like a massive place and everyone just has their like phones out taking pictures or taking like shitty photos of a fucking picture yep and i'm always just like why are you like looking at it like taking a picture of a fucking picture that's on the wall that someone made yeah you could literally do the same fucking thing on the internet you can literally take any- you can just google it yeah the best yeah. story for this yeah. what happened we were in prague we were at the cathedral, which is like up on the hill. It's mm-hmm. in the castle. And we were walking through the cathedral of Prague. And there's some guy like FaceTiming with his girlfriend or Skyping or something. And he's like walking her through the cathedral. <gasps> Damn. Maybe she just want to make sure he's not cheating. In a cathedral? <laughs> so where are you at? He's like, you at the cathedral? Show me right now. Get on yeah. FaceTime. Let's go. Walk me inside. <laughs> I remember I was like with these. I was doing like a photo shoot with like a bunch of photographers for like a workshop. Yeah. And I was like, 
was modeling for them. And I remember they were telling a story about like how at weddings, because like a lot of photographers do like wedding photography, just like make a shit ton of money. Yeah. <laughs> and they'll have, they have like the biggest issues at weddings. So they've been like hired. People have spent like thousands of dollars on them to like take photos for their wedding. Yeah. And the, so they'll be like setting up a shot and it'll strictly say like no photos at the wedding. And, like, just as, like, the first kiss is about to happen, it'll be, like, three grandmas and, like, an old mom will, like, roll sideways with, like, iPads yeah. or phones. <laughs> with the 12-inch, like, not, not the small yeah, ones. Yeah, like, the big holding ones. it, like, <laughs> trying to take pictures. And the photographer will be like, you need to, like, I'm trying to take a picture. And they'll be like, but look at the shot I'm getting. It's and like, they'll, like, oh, my God. Like, <laughs> I've been hired so much, like, for so much money. Yeah. And these fucking old biddies over here are taking fucking <laughs> photos on their iPads. <laughs> In their, like, weird, like, big cases. <laughs> They're always, like, holding it up really high and, like, looking, like, through the bottom of their glasses. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, it's crazy. And that's, that's another thing. That's one of the reasons why photographers put their price up, you know, because it's like... The, you you got to take me this seriously, you know, like my, my friend uh, Angie Choi, she's like a really good photographer. She's actually one of my, my mentors as well that like got my life and my thinking together in terms of like pursuing my my art. But anyway, so she does that in her contract is extremely specific. Like, you know, if if people are going to do that, I'm not taking those photos. Wow. You know, no. I'm not. Yeah. And like um, she puts the price high and then puts these strict rules so then they're like, okay, we need to take her this seriously. Right. So, like, we need to tell our guests to not pull out their iPads, you know? Auntie needs to chill. Because, like, <laughs> yeah, because then they value it more, you know? Yeah, totally. And, um, yeah, it's, it's pretty interesting, you know? Like, the, all this technology, like, now everybody's, like, like pursuing all these other talents, you know? Uh-huh. <laughs> it's crazy. Is what do you what do you both think about um, how speaking of cameras, right? What do you think about how like kids now are being raised and like parents are taking so much photos of them and like posting that online? I mean, I don't fucking know. I'm a third born of many, and I have no fucking pictures of me as a child. Yeah. So like, I don't even know how to feel about that situation. <laughs> Let alone like being like being raised in like the '90s, where like it wasn't a massive yeah, thing. Yeah. I'm also like the third child of three, so they're just like, I don't fucking care what she's doing ever in my life. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I don't know. I mean, it's kind of weird to like grow up with this like by like photo diary of you basically mm -hmm. and then it's like kind of weird because they're on the internet mm. it's right. also like it was so nice that was true it's like it's nice to find a picture of yourself from when you were younger with like your Ugh. siblings right, right. it like looks it's like looks old because it yeah. was like actually like developed mm -hmm. <laughs> and it like you're wearing like weird shit but it was like <laughs> you find like one of those and you'd be like this is such a cute picture right yeah now there's it's not like there's 20 of like, them from the same day. It's sort of like a fucking four computers just for like one year of their lives. Yeah. There's so many pictures being taken. I no, also think it's like teaching them to be bad. Like it's teaching mm -hmm. them to be bad. Not bad. It's like teaching like a level of like narcissism. Mm. And to be virtual, you know, mm -hmm. like to live in the virtual world. Yeah, it's interesting, you know, because like it, it's so, I, I feel like something's going to happen eventually where like they're going to see the side effects and like we're going to start educating ourselves on uh, moderation of technology, you know, because technology is really good. Like 
look, we met through Instagram, you know, mm-hmm. and this is going back on Instagram. So it's like, it, it's a really good thing, but, but it's like, if we do it in moderation, you know, uh, I think it'll be perfect. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But there's lot, like yeah. some, there's lots of studies coming out about, um, depression rates and suicide rates of young children being much higher. I think it's like 40%. Yeah. Yeah. Much higher than they were like 10 or 15 years ago because of social media and because of having access to that kind of stuff constantly. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's also the, I feel like tra- traditional wisdom, like, uh, it's, it's outdated now. So kids are comparing themselves to certain concepts that now shouldn't be what it is, you know? What do you like, mean by traditional wisdom? Traditional wisdom is like back then, like pursuing a career or anything was very linear. Now it's not like that anymore. You might, you can get like three degrees and still not get a job, you know? Yes. Things are very, a lot more organic mm-hmm. and there are way more opportunities, you know? I mean, way more options. Yes. Right? So, that, and a lot of people like they finish school and they do something totally different and they do really well at that, mm-hmm. you know? So, um, I feel like that's something it's like more important now to have for people to practice things like self-worth to practice things like negotiation communication um you know um emotional intelligence Mm -hmm. um basically not the pythagorean theorem you know like that's not like you know i mean uh so i don't know if i mentioned but one of the reasons why the suicide rate is the main reason is because people feel worthless because yeah. you're constantly comparing yourself to what you see online. Right. Someone's, like, curated life that looks amazing. Right, which is not, you yeah. know? And that's actually why I appreciate this show, because you, you, you're going through, like, or this podcast, because you're going through, like, people's uh, kind of minds, you know? And, and everybody can see what's happening inside instead of just on the surface, you know? Mm-hmm. Which is really important. Mm-hmm. That's why I was created. <laughs> yeah. No, because it's crazy because, like, when you, when you see it that way, then it's easier to understand. Like, when you see somebody that's highly successful, they're there because they're resilient. They can handle, they have more, st- like, mental stamina. That's why they're up there. You know, they failed more than everybody else, you know? Instead of just looking at it and be like, wow, they're so lucky. Everything just gets handed to them. It's perf- Their life is perfect, mm-hmm. you know? But it's like they've probably been through so much to... To get to that level, you know? Mm-hmm. And it's important for people to understand that today, you know? Yeah, it's very true. A lot of people don't want to, like, work to get to get where they need to be. It's a lot of work. And I tell, like, a lot of students, like, and I maybe this I shouldn't tell students this, but this, if there are students having issues, like, because I teach dance as well. Right. And they're, like, in, like, their graduating year, and they're like, I want to go to you know, be a doctor or I got this doctor thing, but I also like, like dance, but I don't know if, which one I want to take. I'm like, if you already know you like, don't for sure want to do the dance one, Mm -hmm. then like do the other one. Yeah. Because you can always do that on the side if you want to, but like, if you're not even like half positive, you want to do this as like a full thing. It's Mm -hmm. good. It gets harder. Right. You know, like you get more unsure. You get more unsure as you right. get older, and like it, it becomes less and less appealing when you like see your first paycheck, for example. Right. You know. <laughs> yeah, like, and that's yeah. You, Go ahead. You're like I'm not an Instagram model yet. What? <laughs> Damn it! <laughs> How this works? <laughs> you get your first like cut of like a profit share show. Yeah. Yeah. You're like, oh man, <laughs> no money. 
But that, that's that's the other thing with traditional wisdom. Speaking of like how they always think about things being linear and and like one way, right? It's like if if somebody likes being pursuing like uh, the medical field, but they also like dance, like they can also just be a doctors for dancers in the future because totally. they understand yes. them really well. Yeah. You know? it's yeah. like a specificity. You're yeah. like you're getting like you don't have niche. to just work at the hospital doing like like what a what Four a regular doctor does. Yeah, you know, <laughs> mm-hmm. like and now and being specific with your service is actually a very successful thing to do. You know, yes. like if whatever issue that you have, if you turn that in, because you've already been through it. So when you start relating to other people that have been through the same thing and you can help them, mm-hmm. like they'll bond with you a lot stronger than you just being a general, like into something, you know? Right. Yeah. Uh, that's kind of how I see it, but yeah. Totally. yeah. It's like hard to not like rely on that traditional wisdom. Like even coming out of school, it was very hard to, for myself to like, be like, oh, this isn't what a dance career looks like when you graduate. Mm-hmm. Oh, there's not a bunch of companies hiring. Like, yeah. I knew that, like, back here, because it's not the 80s. Yeah. But it was also, like, it was hard to face that. Mm-hmm. And it was hard to, like, find the resources, or any resources, to be like, what do I do instead? Right. Right? That's true. And did you, uh, did you both get some sort of, uh, I guess, uh, people that you looked up to that kind of guided you into where you are today, how did you learn all this stuff? Because that's, that's always my interest. I'm like, how did, because we're all creatives, and it's just like, how, do you, how are you surviving in the jungle, you know? Right. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, but it was like a terrible experience. It was yeah. like I had people to look up to, and then it was like, me too. <laughs> mm-hmm. So it was like a very bad, like, it was like I had people to look up to that I was like very, I had like mentors, and then it went like terribly wrong. Mm-hmm. So I had like a weird like second coming like I like dropped into like a deep dark dark place and now and like obviously that was like way in the past but I think like now it's like I still I have people that I look up to more now but I think like when you're fresh and you look up because like when you're younger and when you like look up to people like they're gold mm-hmm. you know like everything they're the world to you they're your heroes because you haven't been like hurt before. Right. And then, like, you get your, like, little heart slash leg slash arms broken by them. And you just, like, fall because you've never fallen so hard because you've looked up to them for so many years. So you mm-hmm. have to, like, rebuild yourself a little bit. So I think, like, sometimes these, like, mentors are great to look up to. But also, like, people are fucking people. Yeah. And people are shitty. Like, yeah. it doesn't matter if they're a fucking teacher. Or it doesn't matter if they're, like, a superstar. Right. There's still shitty fucking people out there. That is true. You 100%. know? 100%. Mm-hmm. And there's, like, this weird pedestal you put people on when you're younger. Yeah. Yeah. Because you feel like this difference between the two of you is so huge. Right. And you forget about your peers that are, like, in the middle mm-hmm. or just a couple of years older than you or right. just done the thing that you've done, which are probably more valuable right. to you in a growing stage than this person way up here. Right. That has, like, a fucking attitude anyway. Yeah, who thinks they're a god, yeah. 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 Who, like, you probably only were, like, attracted to because of, like, your daddy issues. <laughs> I don't know. Yeah. Or some sort of, like, weird issue that you had as, yeah. a, mm. as a child. Yeah. The, yeah, it's interesting. Well, especially in the... I feel, yeah, like... Because I, I was a dancer, too. So, like, I, I do notice, especially in the dance scene, like, you, you'll find very interesting personalities with people that, like... Um, Cause very few, like very few people make it or, and, 
uh, or make, I don't know if make is the word, I hate that word, you know, because like anybody can, you know, figure it out. But um, I'd say like, yeah, a lot of like the ego gets in the way because you're always on stage, you're getting watched by like five, like thousands of people, you know? So, and that really like, if you, if you, if you have that certain part of your ego there, like it just keeps stroking and stroking it, you know? Well, everyone's like a little bit broken. Yeah, and And broken, yeah. And, like, I don't mean that in, like, a bad way, like, you're broken, you're... I mean, like, you are broken also in ways that, like, you've performed for thousands of people, and then you go home and you, like, find a cockroach in your apartment. Like, that fucking breaks you. Yeah. You know, Uh, like, it's, like, it's broken in the sense of, like, being beat down from the industry and the people around you, but then also, like, being broken from going from eyes on you to having to, like, clean up cat shit. Right, right. right. And that's where, like, some people go the wrong route because they're, like... They see the roach and then they're like, "But I'm a star. I'm a star. Like I, you know, Fuck I like this roach. <laughs> I got like sixty thousand followers. I'm I'm a star. You know, yeah. and it's just like, mm-hmm. you you could be a star today, but like, like your your bank account is not a star. Like you need to you need to figure out ways to like up- upgrade yourself. You know, you like mm-hmm. so, and that's like as you said, right? As you grow, your your mentors. You have different things you want. So now it's like, do you feel that like the people you look to look up to are more holistic? You know, they're not just dope at like dancing. They're like, how do they balance this with like their life goals, their health, their, you know, all these other components of life. Right. Yeah. Like, do you feel do you feel you look for something more uh, rich now when you're like looking up to people? Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I look up to be a good person. Yeah. And a lot of people that I look up to now are people like peers mm-hmm. are and not like peer and and peers and colleagues and people that I've like gotten to know by working with them because mm-hmm. you I think when you get to know someone by working with them and then you like hang out with them and you go back and forth that relationship like you're talking about where your relationships are so rich right and they're fulfilling mm-hmm. right and I feel like you can drop into them whenever you need them Right. right. Because you know those people on such like an intimate level from working with them. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. So those are, for me, those are the people that I look up to. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Also people that just like you see solve problems. Mm-hmm. You see them yes. solving problems in like bad situations. Right. Like, I, I mean, I like really look up to Patricia Allison, who's one of our friends, because she is like, she is going through like everything that I'm going through right now. And she like will handle it with like the utmost grace mm-hmm. and be like everything that she realizes she doesn't like take it selfishly like if somebody like is having an issue and like can't perform she'll be like you know what you do what you need to do right now Mm -hmm. and it's going to be fine we'll fix it but i just need you to be like okay and feel like you have the option that you don't have to perform right now right like she's really like looks at something from like the idea of like it's not malicious this person's not doing it to you to be malicious Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. it's like everything is handled with like the utmost grace and sincerity Mm -hmm. so like that being put in tough situations and still being able to like balance it and not have like a temper tantrum right is really like honorable of someone i think right and that could just be because i'm like very prone to temper tantrum i'm not prone to temper tantrum. i'm just like prone to like reacting reacting i like i'm a reactor before i like fully think things through right and i've like learned because of her and because of other people that i have to like really take like a day to like think about something before i like allow my emotions to react right don't you answer know? that email right now yeah <laughs> yeah call them <laughs> no <laughs> no, no. Go all the way. <laughs> yeah 
I don't know, like, who are your idols? Like, who are people that you look up to? Uh, well, so I, my, my first person that I was my main idol was this guy from my dance crew named uh, Mikey or Pieces. He's like a, a world-renowned like b-boy mm-hmm. dancer, street dancer, and he founded this org- amazing organization called Unity Charity. Uh, it's a non-for-profit. Um, I believe it like it, it was like a million-dollar organization. And it still is. And it basically, like, they, they went there all across Canada uh, teaching, like, hip-hop elements in schools, right? Mm-hmm. And I was like, wow, he's so disciplined. Like, he's, like, this big dancer, and he's doing this amazing business, you know? And he's so authentic about it, you know? Like, he's not, he's not, he didn't, because I noticed, like, a lot of, uh, a lot of people in the dancing, some, they start this whole story about how they were in gangs. Like, he's like, no, I'm not going to make, like, stuff up. He's like, I, this is who I am. I'm, I'm Mikey, and, like... Like, anyway, so that was my first idol, um, but I, I had to seek more perspective, you know, because he was doing a non-for-profit, I'm doing an all-for-profit, you know? So, like, um, he was my direction, but then I went to this um, thing called BizStart. It's like a, a business incubator. I actually took it last year, six-month uh, intensive, and they pay you to build your business, which is really yeah. interesting. Anyways, that's where I met my, the mentors that I currently have. Um, like what one guy he has many businesses that are totally different from my job and i like that because as as a creative um we're we're space cadets we like you know we like like we like going with our emotion oh but i feel like doing this right now i don't want to do this you know and like and he'll be like all right like where do you want to be next week where do you want to be in five years where do you want to be you know so he keeps me in check and he looks at my numbers you know he's like all right what, what are you bringing in this month you know mm-hmm. and um Cause he like he makes par- car parts for Rolls Royce. He has a liquor company. Mm. He and he's highly busy, you know. And he's like the calmest person I know. And like there's, it's his like if you run that many businesses and you have like a hundred employees under you, somebody's doing something wrong all the time, mm-hmm. you know. Yeah. So like I bet his phone is like a shit show of like, like something's not running right. Something's this, you know, like, and. Um, just seeing how calm he is and how like clear minded he is that that's that really like grounds me you know mm-hmm. so i'm i'm way i'm significantly less afraid of problems and chaos i actually like them now i see it as a game you know mm-hmm. so i mean i don't don't bring me problems but you know <laughs> uh, anyways yeah so i have people like that um i'm i'm currently still looking for an artist that's like way ahead of me mm-hmm. to look up to is just it's hard because i'm basically asking i'm potentially asking my competition how can i get to your level right right so what i do is i look for mentors that are in the same industry but they're doing a different service so like for example like um like now i'm doing a fashion venture with integrating my art with uh with a fashion company from milan and Instead of, like, asking another fashion brand, hey, how can I, like, get on your level in yeah. Toronto, you know? I'll ask uh, a fashion photographer, like, hey, how do these, where do these companies go? Where are the stylists, mm-hmm. you know? So I'm, like, it, I ask people in the same industry, but it, they wouldn't feel competition if, if I asked them for some knowledge, you know? Right. Mm-hmm. So, anyways, that was my tangent. But, yeah, I, I feel that, like, mentorship is, like, the most important thing because, um if you this if you start feeling alone when there's problems like that that's where like you know you can fall into like some dark times you know yeah. mm-hmm. but now it's like there's a problem i'm like all right well who can i ask 
who can I ask to help me, you know? Yeah. And how can we work together? Instead of, like, I don't feel alone. I have many brains working with me, you know? So kind of like a super brain. Right. Yeah. That's how I see <laughs> right. it. I think that, I, I mean, it's, like, interesting, right? Like, falling into a dark place and having people around you to, like, bring you out, kind of what you were speaking to. But it's really hard, I think, I, I've noticed that it's, really hard sometimes you like fall into that spot and you do have people around you Mm -hmm. but you start feeling like it starts like getting the best of you your anxiety and Mm -hmm. like the suffocation so you start feeling like you can't depend on anybody so you kind of like you don't resort to like those conversations or people outside of it because you start like internalizing everything right and you kind of like start shutting it down so i don't know sometimes it's it's weird because you can ask for help but i think sometimes help isn't dependable because it's not able to like it's not you doing the help Mm -hmm. does that make sense so do you mean like uh like you um people might not uh be able to understand you fully and 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 do kind of what or like do it the way that you want it right or like you can can't like count on them to do it Mm -hmm. you know i think sometimes like and that's just like sometimes i feel it's really hard to feel like your like core group is like you, they're there and you love them and they're great. But also sometimes it's like, but also they're not me. Right. And how like I do something is like a little bit of like how I want it done. Oh, like yeah, a little bit of like sure. perfectionism. Yeah. Like a little bit of that like, yes. you know, does that? Yeah, of course. Sense? Yeah. Right. And uh, what do you, um, when you feel that way, like what do you usually do? Um, I'm like a reactor. So mm. I'm reacting. <laughs> not bueno um i don't know i guess just like you i have to like i'm usually fine i usually have like two hours of really badness Mm -hmm. and then i like yell i don't yell about it i like speak at someone about it Mm -hmm. it's not really a conversation just because i'm like going on a rant and then i like feel fine when i'm like distracted or just like i've done something to like push through that anxiety or something's Mm -hmm. like calmed it Right. But sometimes you just like wake up like that or like sometimes it like falls into that. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. I don't know. I still, I'm still trying to find solutions, I guess. Right. I really do, you, do you ever experience the same thing? Where I have anxiety about doing tasks. Or just or like, like having a challenge that, you know, you're, you're faced with a challenge, something you didn't expect or, you know, because like, how, yeah, how do you handle it usually? Um... I guess my, like, first thing to do is, like, ask for help. Mm-hmm. Um, but there's only, like, two or three people that I turn to for those type of things. Right. And then, I don't know. I'm, like, trying to think of, <laughs> my life is so fine right now. I didn't ha- can't remember, like, a situation. Hey, that's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> Meanwhile, I'm like, Lucas didn't fucking take the laundry out the other day. Like, I asked him to three days ago, so fuck that guy. He's undependable. <laughs> That's my partner, by the way. Yeah. <laughs> I, I just like don't even bother with those kind of things because yeah. that was like what I was making up. Okay, yeah. okay, yeah. Uh, uh, yeah, you just get mad about it for a second. Mm-hmm. I feel like it's if you're like going to prioritize. What? No, continue what you're going to say. If you're going to like um, have a reaction to it, I think that reaction is important. Mm-hmm. It's like important to like feel those and right. to like and then, but to also then understand why like what's to use the word triggered like what's triggering you mm-hmm. why you're having that reaction and then to like think about it right because i think if you just like stop that if you're like i'm anxious or like this thing is making me anxious i'm just like gonna do this and i'm not gonna like react to it mm-hmm. can be harmful in the long run right 
because then you're going to think about it when you're sleeping. You're going to yeah. wake up in the middle of the night and you're going to like shoot out of your bed and be like, and then when you don't sleep, it's just like fucks with you forever. For sure. Yeah. So then both of you, do you have anything you do to relax, like outside of dancing? Because, you know, that's the other crazy thing. Like we love our, our, um, but it's a job, our passion, but it's a job. Yeah. So it's like there needs to also there's sometimes something else, you know, do, do you have any other escapes? I try and take a class like outside of like what I'm doing. So mm-hmm. if I'm like rehearsing a lot, I try and take like a class that's just for me, like a right. technique class or I just watch TV. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Um, I like just to move and like more in a fitness way than like a dance way mm-hmm. when I'm like really, really stressed or like when there are periods in my life where I'm like really sad, I will notice that the first thing I jump into is like working out mm-hmm. and it's because I can tune out what I'm thinking about. Right. So like, um, when like two years ago over the holidays, there was a death in our family mm-hmm. and I immediately came back to Toronto and was like taking bar class in the morning and then like soul cycle in the evening and like yoga, you know, and I just like wasn't doing anything but like working out. And then I like three days into it, I was like, oh, this is like your coping mechanism mm-hmm. right now. Instead of like talking about how you're feeling, yeah. you're just going from one ex- exhaustion to another yeah. and mm-hmm. then falling asleep. So do you, uh, you mean like that helped you or that... Um Was it like, uh, did that contribute in a good way or was it? I think it's like, can get excessive. Right. And I think for like a few days it was excessive. Mm-hmm. So yeah. you needed like a balance of things, right? Yes. Like some physical, some talking and some, mm-hmm. okay. Yeah. Makes sense. Yeah. It's always interesting to hear like these things specifically because, you know, like a lot of people that, as we said before, like. Our lives look perfect online, right? Right. So it, they need to hear, once they hear that these challenges are there, yeah. like, then they're like, ah, okay, so I'm not, I'm not alone, I'm not behind, and I'm not, like, worth, worthless, mm-hmm. you know? And, yeah, it's, it's great. Like, the way I got my, the guy that I was saying, my mentor mm-hmm. that's, like, makes me into logic, because his story is really heavy. Like, he comes from a, a, a village from Mexico where they didn't even have bathrooms at home, and he, like... Uh, I believe you watched like his, um, he had like a very, he had seen very graphic things in inside his family mm. and he had many f- losses, like close people that he lost. Mm-hmm. And um, like hearing all those things, I'm like, wow, I have not experienced that many things. So if he's where he's at, right. like I can do it too, you know? Right. But if I didn't hear that, if he just comes in and he's like, oh yeah, I'm making like millions off this and that. I'm like, shoot, like, you know, what, what, what fairy are you praying to? You know, because like, right. it sounds very, uh, you know, but it's what like. What cult do I need to join? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> it's Scientology. Right. It's Scientology. Okay, okay. They, they took it down. It was at like Wellesley and, uh, yeah, I think there was like a center there, you know? Yeah, right on Young Street, right? Yeah. Yeah. I guess it wasn't working. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. We have to ask you the question. What's up? Is being an artist fucking killing you? Yes. Yes. But, and I like it, and I love the title. The title's the best because it sums up what this is about, you know? So, um, and uh, at first I was just kind of like, I wanted to show this to kids, you know? But then I'm like, but the F word is there. But honestly, they need to hear that too because this is the truth, mm-hmm. you know? So, and here, here's what I've come... Uh, to conclusion because I was thinking of the title a lot you know okay the me that it's killing is 
the me that I thought I was, the, the me that restricting me. It's killing like, it's killing my bad habits. It's killing my um, my negative thought patterns, my fears, um, my uh, I'd say. Yeah, any weakness I have, it's killing that. These things that I identified myself with are getting killed. And obviously, like, killing those things is painful, you know? Because mm-hmm. they were stuck in you, you know? And um, I, I think that's what it's doing. And, uh, you know, I'm, I'm striving to keep killing myself, you know? Killing these, these parts that are, are harmful to me, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's just, that's kind of how I see it. You know, and I, it, I used to think that, like, I need to, uh, I used to think, oh, now that I'm pursuing, uh, I'm pursuing this uh, independent thing, right? I'm going to have no time for exercise. I'm going to have like, I'm going to be moody. I'm going to be, you know, like, I, I would just think like, it's like a lot of self-harm happening. Mm-hmm. But now I'm like, hold on. I'm like, that's not who I am. I need to, I should be willing to change in order for things to get better, you know? You can't just say, you can't just be in this jungle and be like, that's just who I am, you know? Because mm-hmm. the jungle doesn't care. You're going to get eaten up if you, if you don't know how to, like, be adaptable and learn new things, you right? You need to, like, grow an opposable thumb. Yeah, you yeah. know? <laughs> Which Don Cherry did not. Yeah. Did you? Don Cherry. Oh. You know? And <laughs> yeah. I struggled a lot with, uh, actually struggled a lot. I, I, I was a very fearful person. Mm-hmm. So when I got into this, I struggled a lot with anxiety and, like, went through waves of like deep deep depression you know and um like i um i learned i i learned that that's just the wrong perspective to have you know and uh i realized that when um like i did this art show right i did this uh art exhibit at a at one of the best public art galleries in in toronto was like three stories high it's all marble it's beautiful and i'm like you know what i'm in this i made it I'm going to sell everything that I've worked. I worked like hundreds of hours, you know? Yeah. I made it. And the next day, the gallerist retired. So she wasn't selling my work. She wasn't promoting it. So basically, all that hard work was not going anywhere. Wow. You know? So now, all the money that I spent to put in that gallery, like whatever I saved to put in that gallery, went like basically for no reason, you know? It looks really nice. Like I made a good video. I invested in myself, you know? But that, I hit such a deep, like, depression from that. I'm like, this is, like, the hardest job of all time, you know? Like, mm-hmm. <laughs> and because I was stressing a lot, like, just putting it together. You're so invested in it. I was so invested, and I was so tired just pulling all-nighters and inviting people. Because you know what it is, like, when, like, you don't have all these managers and people doing shit for you, right? So you got to do it all yourself. So I was, like, answering, like, hundreds of emails, and I did it all myself, you know? So, and I wanted to, like, I, I wanted to, like, self-harm, you know? And that's when I realized, I'm like, yo, like, this is just, you're in the wrong perspective, you know? Mm. Like, this is not how you should handle problems, you know? And I started, like, seeking ways to kind of learn how to unplug and, and see things as more of a game. Like, then see, see things more as a video game than see them as, like, I'm in this, like, mess, you know? So I've learned to, like, be... In the eye of the cyclone, you know, instead of like being part of the swirling part, you know, like I see everything and I'm like, okay, well, I'm not, I'm the observer, you know. So anyways, that was a bit of a tangent, but kind of that's, that's how it's like, I felt it killed that part of me. It killed those weak 
concepts that I had about life, you know? Mm. So, yeah. That's great. This is a great answer. Thank yeah. you. <laughs> Thanks for coming. Thank you so much, honestly. And thank you. This is, like, this is amazing, and, and I hope it continues to flourish. I hope, like, more and more people continue to, you know, follow this, and, like, um, it... I feel it's going to become something amazing, you know? I appreciate you both for doing this. It's like, it's a very selfless thing that you're doing, you know? So, thank you. Congratulations. Nice. It's very thank sweet. You. That was very sweet. Um, if people want to find you, where are they going to find you? Um, Instagram, Ray Misiri. Um, website, uh, raymisiri.com. Uh, T.wire, um, flyboy underscore 91. Uh, <laughs> I'm playing. Nice yeah, no more. <laughs> <laughs> Who's your top eight? <laughs> Emerson Messenger. Yeah. Anyways, yeah. I have <laughs> oh my gosh, the days of dial-up internet in my MySpace. Oh, all of those are the best because when you, you had to talk to your crush, like your whole family had no telephone because yeah. you had to steal the line. Oh, uh, you waited for your, your parents to like leave and then you like sneak on. You're yeah, like, I can't chat. <laughs> <laughs> Not that kind. <laughs> uh, thanks, everybody, so much for listening. Um, if you liked what you're listening to, please go to um, Spotify, go to your Apple podcast, subscribe, leave us a review, do whatever you need to do. Thank you so much. Let us know what you thought. You can go find us on Instagram. Um, you can find us on Facebook, Twitter, all of the things. Write us in all of the places. We want to hear from you. And thank you guys for listening. Thank you. With love.